Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Two Geeks in the Sarlacc Pit. I'm Sam. And I am Salama. And together we are Two Geeks in a Sarlacc Pit. Now, why do, do we venture into this dank, dark, disgusting hole of a stomach to avoid pools of stomach acid and grasping tendrils, the agonies of digestion, in a slow and torturous death for one reason and one reason alone? We couldn't find any other other place to record. Okay, that's very true. So yeah, we found the Sarlacc pit in the middle of the desert, and we figured it would be an interesting place to record. Now, what are we recording, you may ask? Well, see, we have a problem. The problem is that we're, we're both Star Wars fans. I'm a true fan, and he's a sellout. No, I'm a fan. You're a skeptic. No, see... I've been a fan longer than you've been alive. Um, you're only, th what, three years older than me? Precisely. When I was three years old, I had a Star Wars birthday party with X-Wing-shaped pizza bagels and watched all three Star Wars movies with my entire class. Okay, it might have been more like six. So, okay, maybe slightly less than your age. But at six years old, I watched all three movies and loved Star Wars. I don't remember a single thing of the movies from that time. I just remember that I loved them. The originals were so beautiful. And then, as I got older, I needed to find a new fix because George Lucas wasn't making anymore. So I found the books and the novels, and I read them. And I read, well, I have literally read almost every Star Wars novel up until the more recent ones. And I loved them, and I thought they were great, and they continued the characters, and they told the story, and it was wonderful. And then there's this brief period of time that I don't really remember. People tell me there were these prequel, trilo prequel trilogy that was made. If so, I don't know how I missed it. I never really saw it, you know, or, you know... Maybe I did and I blacked it out. I don't know. But uh, there, uh, there's some nightmare about this guy named Jar Jar. End result being, George Lucas killed my Star Wars. What about you, Mr. I'm a true fan and you're a skeptic? Well, you may have been a fan before I was, but I think I overshot you and uh, took you over a couple miles ago. I am, well, I guess I could call myself a more of a realistic fan. I, yes, I think if I actually were to go go through a list and figure out which movies I, I like like best, the prequels might be behind the, the originals, but that doesn't mean I, I don't like them. They just aren't, you know, they're just on the list of, of uh, one, 1 through 6, not on a list of 1, 2, 3, and then a separate list, which cannot be mentioned, because some people don't realize that, as George Lucas himself said, the beginning is sometimes a little boring. The beginning can be boring. Jar Jar is not boring. Jar Jar was awesome. And I rest my case, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Time to throw you into that pool of digestive acid and watch you die a horrible death for saying that terrible lie. Jar Jar was the C-3PO of the prequels. No. The Jar Jar is, is stupidity personified. I believe that was the point, yes. <laughs> okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to conduct an experiment right now. For the next couple of minutes, I am going to talk like Jar Jar. I am going to act like Jar Jar, and we will see how long it takes him to tell me to shut up. <clears throat> As you wish.
What do you mean as Misa wish? Misa gonna do what Misa gonna do, and Yusa gonna do what Yusa gonna do, and at the end of the day, Misa am going to cause Yusa a lot of problems, and Misa not gonna do anything good, except maybe Misa gonna make Palpatine, take over the government. You know, Misa have idea. Misa gonna propose to United States con uh, Congress that Mr. President Barack Obama should be able to run for third term. Uh, he hasn't had two yet. Misa know he gonna win. Yusa know he gonna win. And Mr. Obama is so wonderful. Misa think Mr. Obama should have many, many more years. Misa gonna grant him emergency powers. Yes, you wish. So, as you see, we have this little problem. Misa named George Obinksa. Yusa kill my father, prepare to die. Yes, Yusa say as you wish. This remind me of Princess Bride. Wonderful movie. Yusa see it one day. So Misa say this. It has nothing to do with podcast. Misa don't care. Misa stupid. Stupid is as stupid does, as my mother always says. Now I'm quoting Forrest Gump. Forest, the forest like the ants in Lord of the Rings. A wizard should know better. Misa don't know where I'm going. Misa crazy stupid. Misa Jojo Binks. Nice to meet you. I'm Sam. How are you? Misa doing wonderful. Our problem becomes a little, um, shall we say, um, heated when we come to this lovely thing. Now he calls it the Clone Wars. I call it the complete selling out of George Lucas for profit to sell action figures by making them come to life on the screen for little boys and girls. Okay, you're talking about a guy who just, not just at this point, but who gave away half of his earnings to charity. Why does it make more? Just don't give it in the first place. Sheesh. The economy hit him hard. He gave it away. Then he lost some more. Now he needs some cash. Or maybe he just wants the attention. Maybe he just doesn't want Star Wars to die. And I will agree, I don't want Star Wars to die. But this is not the way to go about saving it. Well, so, we thought it would be, be interesting to see how we would uh, <laughs> dissect, I think would be the proper word, considering that we're sitting in a Sarlacc pit. Uh, I would agree. <laughs> this lovely thing called the Clone Wars. However, unfortunately, we're about, well, about halfway through the fourth season. We're not exactly going going back. So we decided we were going to start here with what I think is the best place to start because I have such, such an advantage. I will admit, this current series, and we are going to do all four episodes in this story arc at one time. We're already behind, so we'll do four and one, and then whenever Cartoon Network decides to take time off and give us three weeks... We'll do previous episodes and try to catch up with uh, this season. And hey, we know Cartoon Network, they're probably going to go, Hey, we'll give you 12 months off now, and then we'll do another episode and give you another week. So, you know, that'll happen sooner rather than later. But, uh, for now, we're just going to do four episodes in one. We're going to just shoot through them, one, two, three, nice and quick. Um, we're not really going to dwell on this episode. It's not really that important. No, of course not, because I actually have, have a point here. Look, there's always an exception that proves the rule. A broken clock is right twice a day. You, you know you know that occasionally they're going to get it right. 
Yeah, but they got it right four times. No, they got it right once. This is one story cut up into four pieces. You'll notice you're not usually not going to find in any story arc the first part's good, but the next two are bad, or the middle was awesome. Really? Okay, give me an example. Mortis trilogy. Nothing good in the Mortis trilogy. Yeah, you liked the first one. Then you said that the last last two ruined them. No, I said the first one had promise. I said, we'll, we'll go over it at some point. Yeah. But no, the Mortis Religions, I said the first one had promise. The first one looked interesting. The first one was great. But it didn't fall through and therefore falls flat and dies. All right, well, now, now you know who we are. Spent our first 10 minutes introducing ourselves, what we're doing here and what our goal is. Let's move on and go into this, this arc. This arc of Gen- General Poncrell and... The General Krell and the attack and attacking the clones. I just came up with that on the spot. That's, that's not, not bad. It's it not needs bad work. It needs work. Anyway, let's just go into a quick re- re- review. If you haven't seen all four, I highly suggest you do so. Otherwise, this is, this is not going to make sense because we are going to be jumping back and forth, as this is an arc-wide review instead of an episode review, as we hope to do in the future. And please, you got to get um, Sam. You've got to get the terminology right. Ladies and gentlemen, spoiler alert. We are about to release spoilers onto the interweb, and the outerweb, and the spiderweb. Please be forewarned, these spoilers will spoil things. Like these (coughs) fairly decent episodes of The Clone Wars. And being that the fairly decent episodes are few and far in between, we strongly recommend that you watch them. Again, red alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, you have been warned. This episode begins with the Republic's invasion of Umbara, a planet critical to the Separatist supply route. Generals Kenobi and Krell take over the main invasion while Anakin and his 501st troopers land to support them. After an intense battle, which takes about 10 to 10 minutes of the first episode, Master Krell arrives and informs Anakin that he was being recalled to Coruscant by the Chancellor, and he will be taking command of his clones. It quickly becomes apparent that the General doesn't think very much of the clones, and he decides to change strategies from Anakin's wisely thought-out surgical attacks to a full-frontal assault along the main highway. Over Captain Rex's objections, the assault takes place, resulting in complete devastation to the clones and a... And an undignified retreat by Captain Rex. Unberated by Krell as to why he retreated and defied the orders, Rex and Fives uh, tell him quite strongly what they think of him and his strategies, and he begrudgingly nods to their loyalty of their men, but stops short of actually admitting his guilt. The first episode ends with the enemy's counterattack, and we fade to, to black. The arc continues with Krell constantly pushing his flawed strategies and full frontal assaults, and costing the lives of countless clones. The clones start slowly but surely disobeying their direct orders and executing daring plans to accomplish their objectives, usually successfully. However, after a particularly daring assault on a separatist supply ship, Krell accuses the the two survivors of the attack, Jesse and Fives, of high treason and orders their execution. As the clones realize that Krell may not have their best interests at heart, they begin to stand up for themselves and an event eventually discover that Krell has fallen to the dark side. Left with no choice, and after an intense battle in the forest, the clones dis- dispose of him. 
So I think that's pretty much a quick way to run down this arc, which uh, kind of took up a little, little more, more time than that. Um, we were very brief on the last three of those four episodes. But again, it's four episodes. We're rushing through it. And we're assuming that, that you've seen them already. And we're about to go into them in great length. So before we, we begin, let's just get some of your um, kind of overall initial thoughts before we start our uh, in-depth discussion. What do you got? Overall, it was a good arc. They actually told a story. There was a plot. Not much of a plot, but there was a plot, which is very rare. But I want to say rare. Not only was there a plot, there was a plot with character development. There was a plot that actually a two-year-old didn't think of, but actually had some thought behind it. It wasn't very deep. It wasn't very insightful. But it was interesting, and it kept your attention. And it didn't make you feel like you were stupid. Please look back at previous episodes, specifically Droids on Holiday. That isn't a real name, that's just what I call the arc that happened before this. Which you haven't seen. But I know enough about it. Yes, I have spared myself the agony until we actually review it, but I know enough. This is pure br br brilliance. I think when, when, when you're trying to mix the fact that you're trying to, your target audience here is about, you know, figure, you know, six, six or seven, seven years old or somewhere that that time frame. Yeah, yeah, you want to get get some nice storylines out. Yeah, you're bound to fall one way or the other, and usually the wrong way for us adults, anyway. Um, but this one was really, I mean, this this arc should have been the Clone Wars movie. This would have been a great. I don't know if have, having a rebellious Jedi would have been a way, way to start, but I mean, some something like this would have been an awesome way. You way, couldn't way to have start. done this as the beginning. You couldn't have. The reason this story arc worked is because they used characters like Fives. Uh, so we're going to talk about him at length, and Rex, who have been established throughout the series. Fives came from a group of clones that we got to meet, got to learn about, saw them training, saw all but Fives die. And truly, we care about Fives because he's the last remnant of this group that we love. And the, so we have an emotional investment in this story arc because we see him. Which is what makes this arc so amazing. And you have that that development, which admittedly you don't see see that much of. And there was no Ahsoka in here, and very li little An Anakin. No, there was no Anakin. Anakin is just there at the beginning because these are his troops, and we have to establish that. But I'm going to say, even though he makes a brief cameo, Anakin wasn't in this. Obi Wan wasn't in this. Yeah, yes. Obi Wan had a very brief brief appearances. No, Obi Wan didn't even have an appearance. He would have transmissions where he would say. Hey, are you guys okay? We need help. And they would go, okay, we'll do that. Obi-Wan wasn't in this. Anakin wasn't in this. Ahsoka wasn't in this. And that's why I think this was... And Padme wasn't in this. And that's why I think this was such a great story. Because we're dealing with, with characters that we don't have... That don't have to apply to the prequels. That we don't have to make them act like they do in the prequels. And we can actually develop them however we want. Blank slate. Because of that, we're able to do a fairly decent story here. I admit this. I hate the Clone Wars, and I admit this. This is a sh fairly decent story. It has its flaws, which I'll go into. But it's a fairly decent story. Thank, thank you. I watched it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, you did, with a big grin on your face. Oh, yeah. 
So let's take take this from the top. Um, it starts 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 off. We have the separatist supply route through the darkened world of um, Umbabara. Populated by I'm just gonna call them the Mumbari because I'm a Babylon Five fan. What's their actual name? Umbarans. Uh, they're the Umbarans. I'll call them the Mumbari. Sometimes and live with it. Well, good guys, bad guys, what, what you will. They are the enemy. Yet, um, so we basically start off with this huge action sequence, which my mind reminded me of Band of Brothers. Did you get that? I haven't really seen Band of Brothers. I saw a little bit of it. I still haven't watched the whole thing through. It didn't remind me of any TV show or movie, though. What no, it I'm, I'm just saying, of, it reminded me of, like, old World War II-style invasion invasions. Well, and, first off, you're missing the, the build, the setup at the beginning. You're jumping a little bit ahead. It starts out with, Obi, with Anakin losing his command to another general. Um, general, what's his face? I just forgot his name. Krell. Krell. General Krell, a legend. Everyone respects him. I'm, I'm no, I'm talking about before that. When they first land, as they're landing in the, in the flat gun, oh, okay. we're literally talking like World War Two flat guns. Okay, true. Yeah. Um, I just had you know, and as troops are dis 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 and bar barking, and the shots shots are getting them as they come out, and they're getting cut down. It's like, like these aren't yeah, things that it, happen. It had a D Day feel. Yeah. As the history major. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no. I'm yeah, and, and you're the military expert. <laughs> Look, yeah. it did. Yes, I will admit that landing scene was great. It gave you the feel of an actual war. We were seeing a clone war. war. What a Lots concept. of clones. Lots of war. War. <laughs> the enemies were not droids, but I can live with that. I prefer non-droids because I don't have to hear Roger, Roger. Oh, I missed. That's because I'm an idiot. Oh my gosh! Time for some comic relief. Then you'll kill me, of course. Roger, Roger. <laughs> So, you know, those are the droids. Yeah, that was interesting. There were not that, that many droids in here. There were either. no droids. Yeah, yes, on, on the ship. When they went to destroy that control ship. Yes. There is, okay, there is one appearance of droids. But Very that, limited. I really think, and I think that that may also be what kind of... But it still, it still had that Star Wars feel. Very often when they do this sort of thing, you lose that Star Wars feel. Oh, no, it had a Star Wars feel because this was all clones. Clones and Jedi were the focus, complete and total. Throw in some Sarlaccs, like my good friend that I'm sitting in right now. Yes. Hey, 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 hey. Tendril down. Tendril down. Good boy. Good boy. Anyway. But, um, but you know, it, it was steeped in Star Wars. They brought a bunch of lines from the original trilogy. Yeah. All hail, all hail. That was pretty funny. I mean, how, how many did you count? I lost track. I got like six. I, I caught a couple. Well, the, we might mention a couple as we go through this. But yeah. no, the, whoever wrote this loved the original trilogy. Oh, for sure. Knew Star Wars, made it feel like Star Wars, and knew how to write a very good story. Yeah. So okay, so they they land. They have this whole huge act action sequence where they're trying to take over this place, and they're feeling miserably by a group of natives who can't breathe their own air. Yet the clones. Can. So here's the thing. I never saw that they couldn't breathe their own air. Well, you see that when they break their masks and the gas escapes and they asphyxiate, sort of. I, you're saying you saw that? I never actually saw that. Whenever they, their mask was broken, they were then shot in the head a couple seconds later. What I think was happening with those masks were, were that's a way to see through the fog. 
This entire world There's is bathed... fog in the mask. No, yes, but what I think is this entire world is bathed in fog. And these people have developed a method through these luminescent helmets to see through it. Now you're going to go, well, their heads light up so you can aim for them and kill them. But remember, while we were able to see them, the clones are constantly saying, I can't see anything. I can't see anything in this. So I'm seeing it as, okay, the clones can't see them. We're seeing them because we're the viewer. We're watching from, uh, we're God watching from on high. But the clones can't see them through this mist, as I keep saying, unless they're up close and personal. And through this mist, these guys are able to see the clones, giving them a distinct tactical advantage. Do they need these helmets to survive in their cities and everything like that? I don't, I don't know. know. They're wearing these, these home helmets on, on the airbase also when they're captured. You, know, you never see any of them without it. Even in their little ships, which supposedly have sensors. No, in the ships makes sense because, hey, all astronauts wear helmets. And, and actually it makes more sense. If this was to help them breathe, then um, what you'll notice that inside of their bases, inside the detention blocks, um, there was no mist, there was nothing like that. They would have been able to breathe fine. And we've seen the species before outside of their world, I believe, not wearing any type of helmet. Am I correct? You're the expert? I don't remember. I, I don't... Um, we I, did see one of their representatives in the Senate. I'm possibly. pretty sure he wasn't wearing a mask. Unfortunately, and, I am not, not a continuity expert. I, I mean, I know what I've seen, but the Clone, clone Wars, I've... I know the EU. As for Clone Wars, I try to black them out as fast as possible. Yeah. As Sherlock Holmes says, your mind is like an apartment. Keep only what you need or you'll lose it in the clutter. <laughs> I'm very, paraphrasing. Very, yeah. yeah. I actually just read several Sherlock Holmes uh, short story stories. And ladies and gentlemen, later this month, a Sherlock Holmes podcast. <laughs> okay. Maybe uh, not. Yeah. So after that plug, which might not be connected to an outlet. <laughs> okay. Well, outlet, there are outlets in the Sarlacc pit? Where? Point them out, That's please. my point. Your plug wasn't connected to an outlet. Oh, shucks. So then what's powering my microwave pizza oven and popcorn maker? Thermal energy, plenty of that. That down, down here. Okay, keep going. Going, moving, all right, along. So they land. They have have this whole whole huge thing. They're 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 doing all all their their fun, and then we get to see what we were looking for, hoping for. Ever since we saw it in the previews, at least I was. You probably never even saw the previews. The Dexter Jetster. Dexter Jetster. Dexter Jetster has arrived and he's gonna serve drinks. Yay! Now we know why he and Obi-Wan were such good friends. They were both Jedi. And this is a Jedi that actually thought to be an entrepreneur and open a, um, a bar, right? That was Dexter Jetster, bar. It's right? It's a diner. That was not Dexter Jetster. That was... I thought that he just had a code I'm name. Or, you know, outside he was Dexter Jetster. And, and at home he was, you know, Krell. Well, see, he did look a lot like, like him. He really did look, except that his um, his throat thing didn't contract and expand as much as uh, Dexter Jester. That was. And also, Dexter Jester at one point gains. No, when he hugs Obi Wan, if you look at this in the Clone Wars, Obi Wan expands and gains about four hundred pounds. <laughs> like just watch you, it again, you'll see. You say that I I've never seen that. I've seen that that scene numerous times. I never saw that. Uh, we'll watch it again later. Next podcast, you'll verify it for everyone else. Sure. But anywho, 
Anywho, so okay, so so we come and we see him. And, oh yeah, yeah, we're 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 gonna see a um. Oh come on, I know what they're called. No, I don't. I I used to. Um. But a Dexter Jester species. A Dexter Jester species je Jedi. And I, my first reaction, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to see all these action sequences. We're going to do uh, see all these things. But no, he decides that he's going to go lead from the rear. I mean, what general, at least in the Clone Wars, I, I mean, we, have we ever seen a Clone Wars? And it's, it's a be basilisk. Yeah, a basilisk. Not to be confused with the basilisk. It's basilisk. B e s a l a i s k. Um. So, so we're coming in. We're we're looking at at this. And at first, I don't know about you. I mean, to me, when my first my, my initial impression of him was, okay, this guy's uh, racist. That, that that was my first impression. Okay, I never saw him as a racist. I saw him as he saw the clones as wet droids, and the way he talks, you actually get that. You you see that completely. These clones aren't pro are programmed wrong. They are defective. Is a word that he uses a lot. These clones are defective. They weren't programmed right. He refers to them by their serial numbers. He is not referring to the clones as people. He sees them as weapons and tools. And this is something that I have actually re they've read about in the in the novels that they are grown. We are growing clones. They all look identical. Yes, they're they've got guts and everything like that. But when you see a line of almost identical humans, except with with a different haircut or a tattoo. They all look identical. If they die, I can order another thousand, and they'll come off an assembly line. For all intents and purposes, I could see that as another droid, as a thing that I can purchase. And therefore, I will treat it as such. Deploy a thousand units here and a thousand units there, and I'll foot the bill. And that's how he was treating them. I, I can take a thousand clones, and if I throw a thousand clones at this problem, it will solve, it, problem solved. Of course, I will destroy my clones, but I can always order more. And I've never sat down and actually talked to a clone. I've never tried to get to know them because, hey, that's like, oh, hello, my Beretta 360, my <laughs> wonderful gun. How are you today? Here, let's have a wonderful conversation. Oh, look, it's my attack dog. Tell me, little doggy. How are you feeling today? He doesn't see them that way. Or he does see them that way. He doesn't see them as people. Well, going to what we know now, that he was... When well, they, let's not go get ahead of ourselves. Well, no, I, I, I want to go back. I want to see it through, through, through the lens. Okay, so the, the end is that he has seen the future, realizes that the Republic is going to crumble, wants to join the Separatists, wants not just to join the Separatists, but to join Dooku as Dooku's apprentice, apprentice and joined the Sith. You said in the summary he fell, fell to the dark side. We'll discuss that later. However, my big thing there is they discuss when you first meet him that he has one of the greatest records in the right. entire... That's what I'm talking about. So. And not only that he has one of the greatest records, but that he's got a high casualty rate. Well, now... Well, they don't discuss that until the second episode. Well, they will mention it. Now, the thing is... As we'll discuss, 
His strategy is well, not strategy. Well, so that's what I'm saying. Do you think that? Do you think he's just stupid, or like he's saying that he just doesn't care, or do you think he's trying to get get get, get them killed because he wants separatists so to win? So the way I got it was up until this point, he was a brilliant tactician who saw the clones as weapons. However, now after deep meditation and thought, he has realized what's going to happen. He sees the direction everything is turning, and now. He's about to make his move. So, while before he would have thrown thousands of clones and just gotten them killed, he would have done it in a smart way. But now he is doing the same thing, taking these clones and getting them killed on purpose. For no apparent reason. For no apparent no, for a very apparent reason. He wants the separatists to win. And when the separatists catch him, he can then go over to their side and defect. If you've read those Clone Wars comics, if you've read the Clone Wars books, Dooku has no problem accepting a Jedi into his ranks. He will use that Jedi until he's done with him and then kill him, but he would happily take General Krell, give him a bunch of droids, and hey, Krell would be great with droids. That is, <laughs> that's, how, that's what he's used that's to. That's what he's used to. I never saw him as a racist. I saw him as seeing the clones as weapons and not as humans. Okay, so let's just go 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 with that and just so move on. Okay, so they have this strategy, and so at first they say this this is horrible, but um, but you know Rex, I think there are basically three. I think four people who we really see to see this through. We see Cap Captain Rex is really who who we see most mostly. Um, fives, Dogma, and then Jesse slash Hardcase, who I think are kind of. It starts out with hard case, and then eventually, due to necessity, switches to Jesse. Right, but I think that they're kind of... So, we have Captain Rex, who is currently in charge of the 5501st. No. Correction. The general is in charge, whether it's Anakin or... Um, why am I forgetting his name again? Pon Krell. Krell. Um, Rex is... Number one, he is the guy that's going to take the commands to the troops. He is the second in command. He is not in command. If he was in command, he could have countermanded uh, Krell's orders. Right. Um, no. Well. Yes and no. I mean, you you want to think about it like 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 this. The. Republic mil military has, has a different structure than the U.S. Mil military. Maybe than any military. Than any military. Hi, we're going to take a bunch of peacekeepers that have a poor violence and don't want to kill people unless, well, they chop off a lot of hands, but that doesn't matter. And we're going to make them our generals. And then that's it. And they have complete and ultimate authority until we want to depose them. Right. <laughs> but But that's... Okay. But I mean, normally, what what you know, let's say in the U.S., what you'd have is you'd have one gen gen general. They don't really differentiate between you know one star, two stars. You know? Well, that's the thing. Every Jedi becomes a general. You know, Every Padawan becomes, becomes a, a commander. A commander, and yeah. by, just by virtue of those two, those titles, right? Which doesn't really really work. But again, does. that's why I don't think it's a good command structure. Yeah. No. Right. But that, but, but what ends up happening is that the general is the one giving 
who has supposed to have a general idea of the whole plan, you know, where the, the, the generals in charge talk to each other strategically about, we need this, we need that, and they go to the captain. The captain says, the captain knows knows his squad leaders, and he says, okay, you go to this, you do that, you know, and then, then, then he, he puts it down. So, Except that the Jedi keep jumping into the middle of every single action sequence we've seen. Krell is one of the first generals to actually act like a general and not lead his troops into battle. Right, right. but in this kind of... Because we know George, George Lucas, just in general, is more of a, the other type of general. Um, it's always Lucas more of a... George Lucas is an armchair quarterback. I would never see George at the beginning of a line of troops holding a lightsaber. No, that's not what I mean. I, I mean he's very into the old-style bad battle, not like today's modern urban conflicts. He's more of a World War One, two trenches, no man zone type. Ah, you mean like um, back at the turn of the century when Teddy Roosevelt was considered a radical because he led his troops from the front while every other general led them from the rear? Oh, no, 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 you, you wouldn't be referring to that. We're talking turn of the century, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. Teddy Roosevelt was famous for uttering the following war cry. Follow me! Of course, Anakin has said that as well. And then he would ride off on a horse holding a revolver that was owned by someone that died on the main, a ship that was destroyed to start a war and he rode off leading his men three horses shot out from under him and he just kept getting right back up grabbed another horse and lead his men to victory this is why he became a hero this is why he became a brilliant politician and eventually a vice president which thanks to an assassination attempt uh, that succeeded attempt, yeah. well, I don't even know it was assassination but thanks to untimely death of the president he became president, and because of that, according to most historians, we won World War One. And I'm going way off target and way off tangent, but it's so much more interesting than Clone Wars. Oh God, I want to talk about history. <laughs> so look for Two Geeks in the Sarlacc. Today's history lesson coming soon to an RSS feed near you. <laughs> so, or not. Or not. So, so. So, so, but, but, but let's talk about that. So they use the fact that all the Jedi have fought from, from, from the front while, while, while he fights from the rear. So from, from Not all Jedi have. Well, most have. No. See, this is something very interesting. Most Jedi do not fight from the front the way Anakin has. You're going to well, say they have because the episodes always follow from the point of view of the Jedi. The episodes about Mace Windu saving the, tw the Twi'leks, so we're following him. But... He's not leading from the front of for the majority of the battle. What he's doing is, okay, I, we need to go on a covert mission to find a um, resistance group who then will be able to help us win. I'll go do that. You guys take care of this giant army and keep them occupied. Okay, uh, Yoda, except for the first episode of the Clone Wars, is never in, really involved in it. Well, he's take not in charge of any troops. Oh. Yoda's not in charge of troops? Not directly. Okay, I'm going to right now quote Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones Battle of Geonosis. First Battle of the Clone Wars. I would say that Yoda was in charge, especially when he goes to the command center and takes command. However, yes. Yoda never leads the troops. He stands at the command station and issues orders the way a general is supposed to. At the end, he does leave to deal with Dooku, but again, that is a private matter between Master and Padawan. 
It is not. While it could end the war, and really should have, except that we needed another movie for it to be a trilogy. Um, and we need to have these lovely Clone Wars. Yeah, lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, but instead, but that isn't leading troops into battle. You wouldn't lead an entire squad to kill Dooku. Well, but I'll take that same sequence and throw it back back in your face. Part of that, what they call real six, is you, is exactly that. You see a bunch of je Jedi wielding lightsabers running in front of a bunch of bunch of clones running towards a bunch of droids. There is a cut of that. Yes, there is. But honestly, they're first off, they're not being used as generals at that point. They're not leading. It is literally no. a squad of Jedi that got de got deployed. And I think the reason a squad of Jedi got deployed there is because we have 20 or 30 Jedi that just went through a massive battle that can still fight. And we need and and this is a last-ditch effort to avert the war. So deploy them and well as you saw at the end of this episode, a Jedi can be a mighty formidable warrior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we'll, and we'll, we'll get to, to that when, when we get to get, get to that. So, the first episode, it's kind of short on, on the story plot points, where we basically have, he comes in, he does his thing, he orders a massive assault down the main line, which any two two-year-old would say, boy, that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, it is, and I, I love his justification. Alright, everyone, go to the main door, walk through it, and kill everybody. But, sir, we have a genius plan that was already devised. We don't have time for a genius plan. <laughs> but your plan won't work. Yes, it will. We have enough people. But, but, no, do it. That's basically... But you're gonna die. We're gonna die. Yes, you are. Now go do it. It will work. That's basically what, what, what happened. Now, the thing is... I know you're trying to gloss over this. I'm going to call, hit a pause button for a second because it's in, it's great fight scenes. There's no plot involved in this episode, really. It's an introduction to who Krell is. We get to see a little of his command style. However, the one thing I walked away with from this was this looks like a bunch of video games I've watched. There are literally scenes where you don't see a trooper, you just see the muzzle of his rifle like you would in a Call of Duty game as he's shooting people. There are massive, um, the, the way it's plotted is almost like, okay, here, we have to take care of this obstacle. Get to point, you know, help the survivors get away. Okay, we've done that. Next mission. Get to point B. Call in an airstrike. Okay, fall back for the airstrike. Ah, cutscene. Here comes the airstrike. Well done. Advance to next mission. Advance to next station. We must, you know, attack the capital. It felt like a video game. And while it does do good setup, and I'm going to say this, and you're going to jump on me, um, it's good setup. It's a terror. It's not a good episode. It's a video game. I'd much rather play a video game than watch a video game. If I, could, if I had a joystick, if I had a nice little controller, it would have probably been a lot better. But, because the next three episodes are good, this episode becomes good. It's set up, 
in order for us to be able to enjoy the next three episodes. Well, that's the whole point. And see, that's what I'm saying. Like, this could be the greatest movie. And I had, I do have to I, I agree with you on that. It really did seem like a video. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so happy. I cannot yes. believe he finally came to his senses. Yeah, well... No, I mean, I have, I have, you know, I have, I have to agree where where you're right, you know. Um, I mean, hey, if I want you to agree when I'm right, <laughs> I have to agree when when when, you, when you're right. That's how this game works, right? Um, just three words: never gonna happen. You have multiple times this podcast. Darn it! <laughs> and in this case, you're right. Yes. I did it did have that video game feel. Um, part of it, <coughs> and like you said, like when they came, especially like with the airstrike, and they said, you know, we should call it an airstrike. Oh, sir, we we should retreat so that the air in case the airstrike overshoots. Good idea, everyone, pull back. So it's kind of like, you know, like you mentioned when we were watching this together. You know, you have two minutes to to, to retreat, and then the little clock comes up the timer, and you have to go back shooting everyone. Even the other, that's the one that I pointed out, sir. The the road is mined. Illuminating the mines. Avoid yeah, the mines. Avoid wait, the mines. It's an ambush. Get to cover. Okay. Oh wait, they're coming at it from this side, from that side. Get the rocket launcher. We need rockets. Lunch. Yeah, yeah. The rocket launcher was also big, like 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 in the first Call of Duty when you have to go go to the yeah. church church and grab the rocket launcher and take out the, out the, the tank. That's so, it. Now the thing is, when there's a plot backing your action sequences, I have no problem. But the way that this was structured was massive, massive action with no plot set up yet. You get a little bit from Krell at the very end of the episode, but the entire beginning is we're on a planet that most people have never heard of, except if you're like me and you're big on EU and you actually listen to all this stuff, but we don't really know the planet. We don't know why it's so important. It's a trade route. Everything in the Clone Wars is a trade route. Because that's what they're targeting. Yeah, no, well, okay, let's say I'm going to go for Clone Wars EU right now. In the Republic Commando books by Karen Travis, all hail, all hail Karen Travis. Um, the first book, they literally go and say, we have to take a planet. But instead of saying, it's a necessary trade route, it's vital, they say, no. They are developing a weapon here, a bioweapon that will kill all droids, a genetically engineered disease. Now, we've seen this in the Clone Wars for yeah, one episode. Yeah, that was, that was a, no, that, that, that was the first arc. That wasn't the first arc. The, the Malevolence, the Ion King. Well, no, Malevolence wasn't, Malevolence was, sim, was similar. Yeah, but that kind of thing, you don't need to use trade routes every other mission. There are so many things. They have weapons. They're trying to... Um, they're taking a warrior race. Mandalorians. They're trying to get them. We've seen a little of Mandalorians, but usually it has to do with trade routes. You know, give me something else. Give me... They've enslaved the population. And we're trying to free them. We don't even have to see them free them. Just say that the... Um, what was it? The... Um, there's a resistance here, terrorist cells, and the separatists joined with the terrorist cells and helped topple the government and have enslaved the people. And we are coming to free them. It has nothing to do with trade routes. It's because we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. And a bunch of innocent people are, gonna, are in trouble and we're going to save them now. And this was a, a republic world. The separatists just took it and we're trying to take it back. That would be a fantastic reason 
to do this. And then I'd be behind you. I'd go, wow, there are lots of people whose lives are in danger. Go get them, man. We're running out of time. we got to do this. But no. The only reason why this is important is because Obi-Wan's troops are attacking on the other side. And the faster we get our job done, the faster Obi-Wan will get his job done. And as soon as we learn what the strategy is, we know they're going to fail. It's a stupid strategy. So once you know the mission is doomed for failure, and we don't really care whether it succeeds or not. Obi-Wan will survive. His troops will. Some will die, but we don't know who those troops are. You know, and some will die, some will live, they'll fall back, it'll be fine. We're not going to take the planet, but it's not that important, it's just a trade route. I'm not all that worried. And I'm not invested, and therefore, it's a great video game. Either get me on the controller, or move on to the plot. Well, first, first of all, I just want to point out that um, Wikipedia does say that... Uh, General Pankrell de deliberately craft crafted incompetent strategies. In this? And it said, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, in this one, oh. No, there's no question. They were deliberately uh, created. I think the only reason he was getting away with it, however, is because previously he hadn't done that. When you have a great track record. Right. P p people take your word. Right. But, 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 but getting back to what you, what you just said, I hear what you're saying, and I guess trade routes... I don't know what, what it is with Star Wars and trade routes. I mean, that's what episode one was all about, was trade taxation of trade routes. It's easy, and it makes sense. You have to realize, we're thinking about this... Imagine, okay, before the U.S. extended from coast to coast. Imagine if extended, instead of the U.S. extending from coast to coast, you had New York and the eastern seaboard and Los Angeles and the western sea seaboard. Yeah, that never happened, but okay, continue. I'm saying, I'm saying, imagine, and in the middle was this huge de 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 desert. Controlled by Indians, go on. Mm, yes and no. Some Come parts. Come on, trying to get a little historically accurate. Throw in the word manifest destiny, please. Well, I actually was thinking about, about that, but manifest your destiny and go. <laughs> my point, no, my my the point I'm trying to make is that we're so used to now, we're so used to. You know, air having air superiority and being able to just fly from one place to another, one country to to another, and there's no, you know, shipments no. going back and forth. There, I didn't realize when you and you have when suddenly your own planet's natural resources are no longer sufficient. Even if you can supply your own food, that's not all you need anymore. You need some, you know, you know, you need back though. It's going to be coming. No, and, you and in it. this case, we're not talking trade. We're talking more. We're talking resources mil for military, war. Military military supply routes. Right. So it becomes. It's not like the U.S. and Iraq and Afghanistan today, where you grab a C seventeen, you grab a C one thirty, you fly it over a place, you drop a couple of parachutes no, out the back. I'm with you there. Actually, like I said, it makes sense. You can do it once or twice, and I'll actually applaud it. And say this is great. You can do it three or four times, and then I start going. Well, I hope you don't overdo it. But at this point, I'm going to quote Will Ferrell and Jack Black. You're boring. And if you don't get that, search Will Ferrell and Jack Black at the Oscars or the Emmys. But I believe it's the Oscars. You're boring, and you will laugh out loud as they sing a nice little song about the lyrics to the melody they sing to kick you off stage, as in, Sam, my dear friend, it's time for you 
to leave right now. You're boring. Why are you talking about this stupid cartoon? You're boring. I know it's Star Wars, but my friend, it's boring. It's all about trade and politics. I'm snoring. <sighs> You're telling a story, it's for kids, it's a cartoon. The target audience has an attention span of, you know, five seconds. If you're so lucky. we're going to talk about trade routes. Thank you. I'd much rather say, oh, there's a big weapon, blow it up. But then they'd say, you say that that was over overdone. How many big weapons can you no. develop? If they're different each time, it would make sense. This is a war. Don't make it stupid, but don't make it boring. I know, I'm asking a lot. Use some creativity. Don't use the same plot line over and over and over again. I don't you know. Actually hire writers the last, and have them write. When was the last time we saw trade trade routes? Um, they were heavily discussed when we were dealing with the Trandoshans. Um, yes. It's not trade routes, it was um, supply routes. And we needed to negotiate for a supply route in order to get uh, with the Trendoshans in order to create a staging base. Um, so that was, of course, there. Then that's why Darth Maul's wonderful brother went and killed the king of the Trendoshans because of that. So it's kind of tied in. Um, the entire first episode was actually a continuation of that story arc with tra a trade route negotiation, building a supply base on the Trinocean's planet. The whole thing with Ryloth, the reason why we had that three episode story arc plus a one or two episode prequel story arc in a later season. I know George Lucas can't get his timelines right and needs prequels afterward, not before, even in a cartoon animated series that he's already supposedly plotted out five seasons for and he can't get the timelines right. All hail the George Lucas. He's so, so smart, sir. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of trade routes. Um, perhaps. I think, I think if we were actually go and go, 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 go through this, I think we'd find that usually that trade routes are used a lot more and more rarely than you think and that they make the sense when they do. It but, feels like there are a lot of trade routes. Okay, perhaps. In the words... Of Quark, barkeeper at DS9. It may only be four or five times, but it feels like a lot more because it's so darn boring. Wow, that was about as much of a paraphrase as you could possibly get. Yes, and none of the listeners know what we're paraphrasing. It's an inside joke that only we're going to get. If you wish to know what we're referring to, though, check out the rules of acquisition from the much more superior show Star Trek DS9. You did not just say that. We will discuss Star Wars vs. Star Trek at a later podcast, but we're getting a bit yes. long in time and we're only at the first episode. Yeah. Right, to wrap things up, mission failure, fall back, the general crowd doesn't like it, but tough nookies, we're but falling that, back. But that's where, where it starts, because see, this is what I'm, this is what I, this is really what I'm thinking. You do see these times when Krell 
Klusman says, oh, you know, I, I, I admire your, 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 your spunk, or whatever he says. You know, he says I, At the beginning, he's saying that, but the reason I believe he's saying that, he knows exactly what he's doing. He can't turn the clones against him so quickly because he needs them to be willing to throw their lives away. He's manipulating them, and through manipulation, is feeling superior, superiority. He'll, he'll give a word of praise. He will, you know, uh, and even the words of praise, I love what he says. He says, you know, for a clone, you're actually somewhat intelligent. He's, he's, he says, for a clone, you're actually somewhat intelligent. As in, well, I never thought you'd be able to have independent thought without my commands. But you were able to do that. Bravo. At that point, his entire um, strategy actually changes. You will see, he gets involved in the first episode. He's not in the back of the line. When his troops are starting to get uh, attacked, he grabs two lightsabers and he goes and he starts and that's saving. that's the only time that we ever see him use those until he's fighting now, those clones. This is what I think happened. His idea was, I will send, I will show my troops, I will lead them, and then I will send them all to die. However, Rex goes and saves them, showing that he has command ability. At which point, this changes to, I have to get Rex killed, so I can then lead them into a trap and get them all killed. So he sends Rex on one suicide mission after another. However, Rex keeps surviving them until finally he is forced to do something. Then why not court-martial Rex? He couldn't. If he court-martialed Rex, there was no reason for it, and therefore the troops would have turned on him. The, the idea isn't to have his troops turn on him. The idea is to get his troops killed. Right. Which <laughs> technically is the same idea. But no, but here's the thing. If the, it's a lot easier to get Obviously. the troops killed no, than to have them turn on them and then of kill course. them myself. Of course. And then, of course, there are a lot, a lot of questions to answer. But At this point, it didn't matter. We'll, we'll discuss that later. Yeah, We're getting ahead yeah. of ourselves. Okay, so let, let's move on to episode two. Or episode eight. Um, <laughs> episode eight. Um... New objective. We cannot take over the capital. No, However, the capital this, is being supplied. Well, see, yes. See, see, here's the thing. I, I really got that video game vibe here, too. Because it was kind of this... You know, it basically... the it, Dark, Darkness on, on Barbara ended with, like, a... Um, you know, it's all hopeless. What are we gonna, gonna do? Then... Then um, you know we we kind of continue and say, oh we have no idea what what we're gonna do because we're utterly outnumbered. Instead, so we're gonna give you some objective, some mission, something that you you can actually do in order to, uh, yeah, to you know, in order succeed. to succeed. Not so much to succeed, but just because, you know, know what it reminds me of? Have have um you you read um your Mister EU guy, um. Do you do you remember the books with with Obi Wan as an apprentice? I've read about half of them. Okay. Um, did you see? Oh, did you see? Did Did you read, read read the one where Obi Wan leaves the order? Yes, I did. Okay. In that years ago. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll tell you. Um. In um. 
in the uh, basically the point I'm trying to make is that one book ends where they're they're pinned down under this thing, and um, you know, and and they're and you know they're being attacked and. You know, and this whole thing, like, oh my gosh, you know, Obi Wan, you have to choose between us and and the and the Jed Jedi, and he's torn, and, it's, you know, and he and and he picks, you know, and he finds me decides to to join them, but he's still in this life of the scenario. Then the next book starts, and they're sitting in a bunk bunker somewhere. It's like, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's 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 like you don't get the satisfaction of, you know, of. Oh no, we're all gonna die, and then then you see it can continue from from there. Kind of okay, we you know we put you in a situation you can't win, therefore we're gonna give you a situation you you can. And in that video game style, here's an objective: you have to go do this. They go do that, then it's kind of oh well that didn't help anyway. That 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 was all a waste. Well, no, see there in this particular case, that's different because it does help. Now, I'm going to really rush through this episode a little because we are running out of time. However, this is what I'm going to say. This episode is meant to further the plot line. Well, it's a massive action-centric episode. It also has a lot of plot in it. It's the first time we don't see General Krell with the army leading them. The army gets led directly into an ambush, which they survive. They get attacked by a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Good boy. Good boy. I know, I know. I wasn't talking about you, but it's okay. You're my favorite Sarlacc pit. But they get attacked by a Sarlacc pit. They survive it. Well, most of them survive it. Um, Hard Case, I believe that's his name, um, truly shows who he is. Constantly just going, I want to kill things. I'm a redneck hillbilly with a awesome gun. A, a, um, what's it, a, repeat pl- a repeating blaster. I just want to kill things. This is awesome. Go and die, separatist scum. And he is the ultimate redneck. He's out blowing stuff up. Then they face extremely heavy artillery and uh, war machines, basically, that they can't kill. They call for the rocket launcher, and the rocket launcher isn't good enough. And so, this time... Unlike the previous time, where Rex follows the command to the letter, this time he still follows commands, but instead of going general, we are facing. He call he calls the general says we are facing odds we cannot beat. The general says, "Go forward." I, I don't anyway. care. Go do it. You got to do this for Obi Wan. Obi Wan's depending on you. Rex says, "Fine, we have to follow orders." But this time, instead of saying, "All right, I've got a plan, General. What do you think?" He sends his men and then says, um, in the words of Gibbs from NCIS, I know I'm bringing a lot of references from other places, uh, rule number one, do it first and apologize later. General, I have found a possible solution and have sent two men in stealth to steal um, uh, uh, fighter ships from the... um, the air, ba- the, the air Force Base that we are about to attack, and it was not an Air Force Base, I forgot air, it was. Air Base. Air Base. Um, which they can then use to destroy these ships. It's a long shot, but you told us to march into certain death, and so I'm trying to figure out a way to kind of maybe, it, while this is a one in a million shot, our chance of survival are one in a billion, so it's a lot better. So, um, 
And, Je and General Krell says, listen, I can't set, call your men back. They're already gone radio silent. He's not happy that it happened, but he understands. You, in the middle of battle, you can't always check. You're supposed to, but you can't. <coughs> but see, but that's, but see, that's the thing, because at that point, we know he hates clones, and we know that whatever it is, he, he sees the objective more than clones. But we still don't think of him as a, as a traitor. I but, did, but yeah. Right, well, you can kind of say, like, you weren't sure, like, we were still expecting some, you know, someone to just frag him and, you know, and we go, oops. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Hey! Right. Um, um, but, um, but no, but, but even, because you see, you see his face. When they say, sir, we've done this, he goes, what? He doesn't go like, well, that was stupid. He goes, what? I think because he realized, oh my gosh, this is going to work. <laughs> but also, no, see, there I actually disagree. General Krell was motivated by two, th two forces. The first was, the second, I believe, was I don't want them to win, I want the Separatists to win. But for the first and most important was his ego. He was sending them to their death partially because he wanted to, to have power over their lives. I have power over life and death, and you clones are too stupid to, to disobey that. orders. And therefore, I'm going to send you out to die. You will die by my hand, technically, even though I'm using the Separatists. And I, I just killed you, and it's giving me power, and it's making me feel great. And you will do what I say. And here, Rex just said, nope, I am going by my own authority. And I am doing something to save my men. Yeah. And it might work. And even if it doesn't work, it's too I close. have justified you. Right. I did not follow your commands to the letter. You said, march out into the certain death and try to win. And I said, no, I'm trying a alternative route. And yeah, because in, in, in the military, that's called taking initiative. Or being or being being proactive, and in an officer, that that's usually considered to be you know a good thing. Except of course when you really want them to lose. But let's talk about about these orders because again, even before we knew the whole story, you know, being that we are you know Star Star Trek fan, fans as, as as well, we are used to having you know Star Trek has a much more of a U.S. based military structure. Gene Roddenberry was was a military off officer, and he, you know, kind of structured around around that. All hail Star Trek! Boo. And they, and so very often you 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 have these episodes where someone's doing something, and you know, you know, Lieutenant, do this and that, you know, but sir, sir is like, Lieutenant, that's an order. And yes, sir, and he goes 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 and does does it, but. When when you know when when you have these things normally you don't do that they say you know okay okay you know lieutenant go you know go do this yes sir and he goes 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 and goes and does it because he trusts him someone who has to pull rank as much as General Krell did so you will follow my orders you disobeyed my my orders you you I know that you are loyal enough en en enough not to disobey my, my my orders the way that he said it, it started sounding cliched. Like and and just um, this what I was thinking from a military standpoint. You keep pulling rank like that, you're not earning yourself any respect, and you're not gonna, you, you, you know. I mean, you realize that unless he's saying yes sir, no no sir. Um, they call him general. Now it might just be because they call him general anyway, but that was that they don't call him sir. 
like unless they have to. They don't say you know. It's usually gen you know general. Like I'll call you by your rank because that's what you are. But I don't see you as a sir. I don't respect you. That might just be me reading too much much into it. Maybe the question would be what do they call Anakin? Right, and that that really is is the question. And we'd have to go through, and you know we're not going to do that. But I well, we'll check in later episodes. Yeah. But yeah. you're but you're right, and as the episode progresses, their respect for him lessens. They'll yeah. still follow his orders because he's a general. But they'll no longer be happy doing it. Right. Well, in and the first episode, I mean, you can almost see morale slowly but surely declining, and slowly but surely. And you see, it's like they go to Rex, and Rex is like, "What am I supposed to do?" And it's you know, it's just slowly. And I mean, you see that when when they go, and, and I'm I'm going to gracefully segue into the the third episode. Um, when when they go to take take those those fighters out, when you really start seeing this, you start seeing that something is seriously wrong. Now let's just explain what he means by taking fighters out. Um, a plan after they have taken the air, the airbase that was supplying the capital city. This, of course, this by the way is the episode plan of of descent, which I think is a great, you know, decent title. Decent title. Um, after they have taken over this, which should cut supply lines again it's all about supply lines to the capital city it turns out there is a supply ship above everyone's head that is also supplying the um, capital city and therefore we have to take that out now you really I just realized something we never actually see the capital city that's very true <laughs> we never actually see it okay good point <laughs> anyway do I know it's so important to the story but anyhow um they go to destroy, so they, they have to take care of this supply ship. General Krell says, that's not important. We'll just attack the, the, uh, um, the city anyway, and hopefully, hopefully we'll get through and we will win. Of course, he's just sending the clones to die. Yeah. Um, Fives, who we haven't really discussed him, Ooh. but Fives and Rex have both been the two command officers. Yeah, Fives is the ARC trooper, yeah. and Rex is the command officer. What is an ARC trooper doing there, anyway? Um, Anakin, in one of the oh, books... Oh, that's... Well... Well, no, in one of the books, Anakin is actually tasked with a unit of ARC troopers. And it's written in the EU that he finds them useful, and he, send, and he then sends... He says, all right, here's the mission, and we'll send three ARC troopers out to do one little tiny thing that will make it all work. And so he likes to have at least a couple arc troopers handy well, I think it's with also his command. Right, mostly because he had had the idea of doing the little surgical strikes. He's probably going to use use fives to Precisely. lead some of those. Yeah, okay, yeah. So fives has been a in a, in command. He knows Rex, therefore Rex uses him as a confidant. And the two of them, before he makes a move, they'll discuss it, things together. Rex is in command. Fives is like Rex's second in command. Fives has sort of. it's pretty kind of like much off the chain. It, no, it's all it's completely off the chain. But Fives isn't on the chain. Fives is a, is a arc soldier. Fives can do stuff. While the general can command him not to do things, arc troopers are more independent. And Fives and Rex are friendly, if not friends. And the two of them are, uh, and the two of them begin to sort of have an argument over whether or not General Krell is a good general or a bad general and eventually whether or not he is trying to kill them or we should listen to him anyway. And Fives strongly believes that they have to complete their mission. 
and that the only way to do this is to take a couple of our ca of these captured I'm going to call them uh, captured starfighters take them to the uh, supply ship and destroy the supply ship from the inside um, they have the command codes they're ready for this he gives the the idea to Rex Rex thinks it's great gives it to General Krell and Krell gives a legitimate reason why they shouldn't do it because they're not pilots they're not precisely <laughs> well, well we could learn we don't have time Obi-Wan is in trouble we have to go save him so everyone go out and die and literally this is what Five says Five says look I don't, I don't want to come out there and get killed 100% chance of dying there, 99% chance of dying here. I'm going to learn how to fly this. He had already flown it once. That's how they take the airbase. He and Hardcase infiltrate the airbase and steal two of these ships and learn how to fly them on the fly. Forgive the pun. And um, didn't really, really, really learn how to fly. On the fly. You just learned how to not crash it. Okay, that's true. They were falling with style. Yeah. But they then... But... He, Hardcase, and what's the third clone? Jimmy? Jesse. Jesse. Jesse, who I've, I didn't even know who he was until now. The three of them decide to go against orders. They learn how to fly these ships. They fly them up to the, to the supply ship. They fly into the supply ship to pull a Anakin Episode 1 maneuver. At least they say it. Yes, they say it straight they, out. They shine a lantern on, on it. Yes. They say we're, this is. Oh, General Skywalker told me how he once did this back in episode Which one. Which makes sense. Well, yeah. And he would say, you know, back when you know, you know, you can imagine this. They're around a campfire, morale's down. They're did this, and they're all they're losing hope. And it says, you know, even in worse situations, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, sir, what are you talking? About? Says, you know, when when I was nine years old, I blew, you know, I, I that makes sense. It does. No, and it's beautifully done, and they fly up there, and Rex, before they leave, Rex sees them and tells them, listen, um, I can't cover for you, but I hope you succeed. And it's a beautiful moment, and they fly in, and everything's going great, and they fly in, and the droids see that they're clones, and alerts, you know, the head droid, and I love the head droid goes, there are no droids here. There, there are no clones here. No, sir, there are. No, the odds of that happening are 10 million, 10,000 to, to one. Which are not the exact numbers, honey. But it's close but It's enough. close enough. Or CPU use. But I love that that's the reaction. And then, no, we verified there are clones here. And then the brilliant thing. Lower the blast shields. Protect the core. We don't want them to do the same thing twice. They've learned from Anakin. I mean, everyone says, and it's a major flaw, what, there's no shielding, there's nothing to stop someone from inside from accidentally firing a torpedo and blowing your whole ship up? <laughs> you know, if you've ever watched Battlestar Galactica... igniting Gal the nuclear reactor that powers it? Yeah. I mean, if you've ever watched Battlestar Galactica, that's an actual episode that happens. A piece of ordnance goes off and blows up, a, you know... A section of the ship. You go. You don't want to have a ship that can be blown up, com completely destroyed, because of a weapons malfunction. So yes, they have blast shields that aren't always lowered for some strange reason, and they he lowers them so they can't destroy the core though. So hard. So hard case, hard case. He gets out and he sniff, sniff. sacrifices his life to destroy the ship. 
Uh, Jesse and Fives are touched by his sacrifice, and they land back at the base only to learn that they are under arrest, charged with treason, and, in the general's own words, sentenced to death. Rex tries to jump in front of the bullet to save them, but Fives pushes him out of the way, basically. The two argue over who's in, uh, responsible until the general says, This is my command, and you're telling me who I can blame? I will blame who I want to blame. You two, go down to the brig. Everyone else, get ready to die. <laughs> so he's kind of saving them. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, I, honestly, if you ever look at the animation, I think what he wanted was, I'm going to kill all the clones, then I'm going to go down to the detention block, and I'm hungry, and I want a snack. And I'm going to eat these two clones. He looks like he just wants to eat them. He looks like a giant dinosaur. I mean, it's... Dude. But anyway. <coughs> so... That's... That's him, basically. Um, and that's the episode. You know, again, it's we've now gone to the point where while Rex will not disobey a direct order, he's he's not going to stop other people from disobeying a direct order. Right, and that was the interesting thing. Like when 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 he says, uh, they they say, you know, sir, if you're going to stop us, we need to know. He said, I can't cover for you. Right, and which he eventually does try to cover. He does cover them. Yeah, I found that. I found that was interesting. What, what, but what we're developing is a, a camaraderie of brotherhood amongst the clones. This was Band of Brothers. This was awesome. You really... It was it was great. And look, the reason it is great is because they took their time doing it. While the first episode, I said, was not a great episode, it, this wouldn't work without it. It is meant as setup. You get to see yeah. a lot of cool action, all the kids ooh and ah, see, and all the adults see... Is this see a movie? No, if it was a movie, that's the first act, and it's a great first act. Yeah. And any adult watching sees what's being set up. You see what's happening with General Krell. You see what's happening with Rex. There's a little scene where Rex is holding his helmet, and uh, Krell says a line, and his fist tightens and clenches. It's the very end of the first episode. And you Second. No, that's the first episode. No, the, no, the first episode is when Krell actually... Oh, you're right. And the second one is, was, is when he said... That, that, was, that was when he said, you know, we, we, we won, we, you know, we... Achieve victory, and and Rex Rec says, you know, yeah, but at what cost? And Crow says, oh, you know, well, you know, True. it was necessary or something like that. And that's but good. again, all these little things, and in the first one, there are little tiny, you know, things to show what's coming. You can see where it's going, and therefore you're going to stick around for the ride. You can taste something wonderful. It's a little um, Amos Bush, if you are into cooking shows, a one little mouthful. But it tastes so good and gives you a taste of what's coming that I want to see the next episode. And the next episode develops it more. And this third episode yeah. now, you're in the thick of it. You see, oh, this general is out of his mind. Hopefully he's, you know, there's something wrong with him or something. He is throwing lives away. Rex realizes it, but he's still a good commander. Hopefully he's going to come to his senses and hit the commander over the head with a guitar. <laughs> and yes, I would have loved if he did that. Of course, they don't have guitars, but whatever. A ukulele then. I've seen ukuleles in the Clone Wars. Um, yeah, they're in the background. People playing like what looks like a ukulele. Um, you know, you see the tension building. Now he's arrested them. At the end of the episode, Fives is the only surviving 
trooper from this team of five uh, recruits that we have seen go from recruit to now arc trooper. And I said, he's not going to survive this arc because every arc we've seen them, at least one of them dies. And as soon as they said, all right, you guys are going down for treason, I said, oh, Fives is about to die, and that's what's going to push Rex over. And I mean, I was certain Fives was dead. I, you know... I thought Jesse was dead. Fives I wasn't sure about, because Fives... Is a named character, and, and Jesse and is a red shirt. And you, right, you don't want to get rid of him too, too quickly. Jesse was, was the red shirt, and I saw him going down, but he didn't. Maybe we'll, we'll see more of him in the future. I believe that he is destined for a glorified death. <laughs> it's like, if you've ever watched Star Trek First Contact, there's a character who's not wearing a red shirt, and we actually get to learn his name and what he does, and then that is only so that in First Contact he can be killed by the Borg, turned into basically, if you're assimilated or if you don't know Star Trek terms, a cybernetic zombie, so we can watch a cool death scene with a character that we kind of know. Well, it's like that in Voyager also. It's like, if a character is given a name, and then he's in a couple episodes, like, okay, he's dead. Precisely. And that's just so that when he does die, we feel something. Yeah. If I tell you that Mark Maloney just died, you're going to go, who's Mark Maloney? But if I told you, oh, George Lucas unfortunately had a heart attack and passed away, hmm. I uh, will not comment on what my reaction would be, but most people would say, you know, no, no, oh. I was timing that. I stopped. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. You want to know who they are. Whether they're big names or small names, if you know them, you're going to feel bad. Right. But, but that's the really interesting thing. And that, that, that was really what was so great, was the fact that we got a lot more named clones that weren't dead. Like, like Oz, you was one of the dead, dead clones named, named Oz. I think was a, I, I think was a nod, or a look back, whatever they call it, to the fact that the last episode of the droids arc was basically Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> they kill Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sadness envelops me. They uh, killed Hardcase. I mean, Hardcase was this new clone they just developed. He's the redneck. I loved him. He was yeah. funny. He was great. But I would have loved him to have been around. That's how you knew he was going to die. Yeah. I would have liked him to the last. I would have liked it if Jesse had been developed hey, a little more. Hey, you never saw so you never saw the body. No, you did. When you see the body, you see him in the core as it explodes. He's dead. Maybe he was being out. <laughs> no, I mean, look, okay. Darth Maul survived. Yeah, but, well, supposedly. Yeah. But we'll discuss that later on in the season. Hopefully. Gosh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, uh, so then I mean, so so going into the third, third or fourth? Oh uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, fourth, the 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 one aptly named Carnage of Krell, episode ten, initial release date of November eighteenth, twenty eleven. And this one we'll go into with a, um, some detail. We are again running short on time, but I will say this: 
the Separatists no longer matter. The Separatists were a tool for this entire story arc, but now the Separatists don't matter because it's become a contest between Krell and the clones. It's a civil war. It's, it's literally, it's becoming a thing. And, and, and I the clones are the Separatists, technically speaking. Technically speaking, yeah. But I, I mean, I was, I, mean, I was expecting Anakin to, to come in at any minute. I was expecting... It would have diluted it. We've been building up a story arc with the clones being mistreated by their Jedi commander. Bringing in another Jedi commander to solve things. It's a deus ex machina. If you don't know what that term means, it means the hand of God comes down and makes everything all right. We're in a situation where there's no solution, so God makes it good. If you don't, um, um, what is it? I mean, there are tons of examples. In Hamlet, there's an example where we need him to get a piece of information. So honestly, it's just literally, oh, I was on a ship and um, pirates attacked it. And then I escaped from the pirates and I got onto another ship. And on that ship, someone told me what I needed to know. And so I came back here. And that's why your plan failed to kill me. Well, thanks that pirates appeared and you escaped the pirates and actually I think took over the pirate ship and then came back and found out who the traitor was and okay this is just messed up. Same thing if Anakin had shown up it dilutes everything we've been building up. Rex no longer has to make the hard choice because Anakin can make it for him and Anakin is not a hard choice. This, this Jedi should not be in command of my troops. I'm Darth Vader off with your head. I wonder, now that we think about it, do you think Palpatine actually called Anakin away? So I was thinking that. It's possible he didn't. Honestly, though... Which would um, explain why we didn't see it in any of that. <laughs> true, but also, if you read the books, again, I'm an EU guy, um, Palpatine does call Anakin away quite often. It, the way Palpatine is actually working this, for those of you that don't know, Palpatine arranged this whole war and is using it to destroy the Jedi. Um, Spoiler alert. Related, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, if you're watching Clone Wars, you should know what happens in Episode 3. But, I don't really call that a spoiler. It happened, um, what was that, six years ago in Episode 3? Seven years ago? Yeah, I guess but, so. The interesting thing is this. Um, he's trying... Palpatine is trying to di to dilute what the Jedi do while spreading rumors that they kidnap children, that they do terrible things, so that the public turns against the Jedi. While at the same time, he knows that you know people still look up to the Jedi, so Anakin is the one that they f that he focuses on. Look at all the wonderful things Anakin and Obi Wan do, because Obi Wan's always with Anakin. So these two Jedi are good. All the other Jedi are not really succeeding. Any failures they do are highlighted. Any successes are diminished and rumors are spread. And that way, when Anakin turns against the Jedi and Obi-Wan is nowhere to be found, now the only great Jedi that we really believe in is talking against the Jedi, the public will fall in line with Palpatine. The Jedi have turned against the Republic. Anakin, superhero Anakin, who we love so much, says that the Jedi, his own people, have turned against them, and he says that they're bad guys. We will now support Palpatine and kill them all. So that's why I can I can believe that they were sent away. I think Krell would have done his job on Obi-Wan's side otherwise. He would have done what he could. 
But well, or he would have waited for another opportunity. Well, because because you have to remember, you don't. I didn't catch this until the second time I saw saw the episode. Crow was there in the original plan. It wasn't like he came from from Coruscant. He was in the original in the original invasion, which so, is which is part of the reason why I think that this that Palpatine did call him away. If this had been Crow's plan, Crow would have Palpatine asked, knew about no. Because, well, as we'll discuss, Krell hasn't talked to the Separatists yet. Krell hasn't but sided with Dooku But Palpatine can sense a lot. I don't think he senses this. Honestly, I don't think so. It would be interesting if the next episode is about Anakin going to, going to Coruscant. And Maybe. But it won't be. It won't be. <laughs> no, it'll take place in a completely different time frame that has no bearing on anything that happened. Actually, we're going to discuss the life journey of Jar Jar Binks. Um, he's gonna go. Oh, you know we what? We already did that. Well, true. That was no, okay. two arcs ago. I am so expecting at some point in the Clone Wars that I'm going slightly off tangent, but we're gonna get an, an episode with C3PO and Jar Jar Binks crash land on uh, the forest moon of Endor <laughs> and are forced to interact with the Ewoks. <laughs> okay. And there's no battles, there's nothing. It's literally just. Um, C-3PO has to get some berries for a cake. <laughs> but they're only grown on Endor, and Jar Jar offers to assist him. That would work. His mind was, was wiped. Why not? And, and and while he's there, Jar Jar keeps like doing crazy stuff, bumbling around, and makes um, C-3PO look awesome because of all these clumsy mistakes he does. And that's why they thought C-3PO was a god. <laughs> that would work. It really would. But it would be a horrible episode. Misa Jar Jar Binksa. Yes, you are Jar Jar Binks. Please be careful with that. Wooka, booka, booka, booka. These are Ewoks. These are Ewoks? Oh my god, sir. Gods. Plural. Whatever. Let's just. Erase this from your mind. May it never happen. I'm sorry I dreamed it up. Now George Lucas is going to hear this. He's going to do this because George Lucas listens to our podcast He's all got the time. Better to, to do with this. Where do you think we got a Sarlacc bit? So, <laughs> hey, 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 down, down. But to discuss this final episode, yeah, I was. I have to tell. I'll admit, I was nervous. Clone Wars has failed to produce several times in the past. I was, you, you, you were there. I was saying, yes. don't fail me, don't fail me, and boy, did they not. They fail. delivered. And they that's delivered awesomely. They had a story that didn't deviate from the story. It starts out with Rex trying to plead for leniency for his men, and instead, instead of getting the the court martial, promised court martial is. You know, take waved, it away. Waved. It was waived for immediate execution. Oh my gosh! She's saying there's no way. There is no way. And I was saying something's gonna happen. There's gonna be an attack. There's gonna be you know, Anakin's gonna come. Something. But again, happen. you can't do that. The tension is here, and the clones have to save themselves. Yeah, I and that was great the way that they did it. I thought it was gonna be something like their guns would would, would be would have blanks or. But no, I like what they did. It's to all the clones just missed. They all just aimed away. And... 
and it's actually done very well. Fives who has said, we made this decision, we will live with the consequences, and he's ready to die. Once his court-martial is taken away, and he realizes what's about to happen, yeah, he, he speaks flips. up. Yeah, he flips. He doesn't flip, but he... Now, we're also missing the part, I believe, before the execution is um, declared, they are sent out to attack the capital. Um. No, I'm sorry, they're not. Oh. The, yes, they miss, they do not execute them. Then they start attacking back and they say the execution is stayed. Now Dharma... Dogma. Dogma. As in dog, dogma, as in, you know... I know what dogma is. You know what dogma is, yeah. So Dogma, who's another clone, who's by the books, following the rules... Supporting Krell, because those are... Are the orders, those are the regulations, which is what Fives, I believe, was like in the originally. Could be wrong, though. But, you know, he goes ahead and says that they have to kill, you know, Fives and um, Jesse... And the other clones tell him it's not, not happening. All the other clones have decided it's not happening. And know that now they have to do what they feel is right. However, they are still following Krell's orders. They, well, what other choice do you have? I mean, as, as, as a clone, I mean, the reality is they are attacking. You've got to do something. No, which is fine, but realize this. While they're st while they they have not executed their friends, they have Krell says attack jump. They say how high. We have to everyone go attack the capital. Straight ahead, go ahead, kill them. No one questions it. Those are our orders. We do it, even though we've just defied you and we haven't killed these men as you requested. We're still going to follow your orders if we think they make a little bit of sense. Exactly. Which, however, which is why this, this, this works. Right. It, they, they're at the edge, but they haven't gone over yet. And then they are told their enemies might be wearing clo clone armor. They show up. They attack that enemy in clone armor. And... They discover they're killing their fellow clones. Right. Well, that was... Yeah, so I found... Krell must have been felt pretty confident at that point, which is strange because it's not... His confidence... I mean, his, his support was, 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 was waxing, not... It was which waning, is why not I waxing. think he did this. It isn't a case of... It, 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 this is your final move. He really thought they wouldn't figure it out? Oh, no. Really? He knew they would figure it out. The idea was, I will go ahead and... Remember, he's doing it for two reasons. One, kill clones. They succeeded. Casualties were abnormally high on both sides. But he got them both in, meaning this was the 501st Legion and Obi-Wan's 212. No, that was the point. It wasn't Obi-Wan's troops, I don't think. Yes, it was. But more to the point, he did it for another reason. He says... I, you know, yes, I killed you, and I was able to get you to kill your own brother, and for them to kill you, I had this power, and I used it, and it felt so good to take your lives. 
he was on a power trip and this was the ultimate extension of it not only am i going to throw your lives away i'm going to make you kill your own brother as you just demonstrated to me you're not willing to do you just told me i won't kill my own people so now i'm going to make you kill dozens of them hundreds of them you'll come back fine i'm i'm general krell i have two double-bladed lightsabers four arms i'm super strong and i can just plow right through you which he then shows which he does he has no. He has the arrogance of a Jedi, which is, look, I'm better than you, and you can. We'll argue this later. I guarantee it. Another at other episodes, the Jedi are arrogant. We have the Force. We are capable of doing this. We can just jump into the middle of a battle and survive it because we have the Force and a lightsaber. We, can, we are better than you because we are Jedi. Now, the good Jedi are not going to say that, but they're going to act that way. The bad Jedi will say it, and he does. I'm better than you. You're a bunch of clones. You are not worthy to lick my boots. And now I'm going to draw my double-edged lightsabers, force-shove you into the walls, mop the floor with you, and revel in my awesomeness, which he then does. Indeed. Then, then they find. So then they find out. They figure it out. He starts. Right, he he blasts him. Then they eventually manage to get him caught in the Sarlacc pit. Good girl, you got him. You got him, girl. Yes, you did. Well, lost, yes, you did. Lost a couple arm arms in the process. Um, did he hurt you, girl? Did he hurt you? I thought it was a bad girl. general crow. They um, they're both. <laughs> good girl good boy good girl good boy am I confusing you good good you done right now okay okay so good girl so they have their fun they do their thing or I should say he has his fun not they but they they stun him and now comes the interesting part. They realize that they've got a problem. The separatists now, are... you did skip over Dharma. Do um, dogma, dogma, sorry. I keep calling Dharma. Dogma does still go with him. Dogma follows regs. He's the general. I will follow that order blindly. But it's no longer lawful. I mean, I guess this isn't the U.S. It's not. No, he's the general. Dogma has not seen any proof that the general was wrong. He's seen a bunch of clones that have been countermanding orders, that failed to do an execution according to orders, that have been disobedient, now claiming that his general, the guy in charge, is giving the wrong orders. And he's saying, no, I can't abide by that. The general is right unless I see straightforward proof that the general is wrong. And therefore, he's still going to side with his commanding officer. They throw him in the brig, and then they catch General Krell, and they throw General Krell in the brig. And then they have their little heart-to-heart -heart talk, which sort of worked for me and sort of didn't. Well, here's the thing. He answered all, all their questions without a fight. Well, and this is why. He is so certain they're not going to kill him. And he was almost right. 
She wants, yeah, and he because he has the measure of these men. They are lawful clones. They did what they had to do, but they don't want to kill a Jedi. They don't want to kill the Jedi. They respect them. And this particular guy, they'll hand him over, but they won't execute him because that's not lawful and that's not part of who they are. However, while he, and here's the thing, he's completely certain of this. He's also completely certain that the Separatists are about to retake the base. He has set things in motion. They will come in and find him in a cell. They will kill all these clones that have defied him. He will get his revenge. They will ask why a Jedi is in a holding cell. He'll say, because I want to join you. I sabotaged their transmitters. I got them killed. I'm on your side. The Separatists will take him. If you follow the EU, you will see there is a precedent for this. In the Clone Wars comic series from that was made during uh, between episode 2 and episode 3 there is a Jedi that um, defects and joins Dooku. It's a very well made comic but you'll see there is precedent for this and therefore he's certain he'll be taken in. He sees Dooku as the Sith Lord and is hoping to become Dooku's apprentice. He says this straight out. Why? Because he sees what we all know the Republic is doomed to failure, and the and the Sith are going to rule. And I disagree with you. You've been saying this the entire uh, review. I don't think he turned to the dark side. Now, he, because here's the thing. Star Wars is always black and white. If you're good, you're part of the Jedi. And if you're bad, you're part of the dark side. That's not true. Honestly... You know, and if you follow the novels, I mean, they deal with this recently, like Luke Skywalker's used force lightning and all this type of stuff. But um, what I think happened was he's a Jedi who looked into the future, as Jedi are wont to do, and saw that the dark side was going to win. Saw that the Sith were going to win, and the Jedi were going to get wiped out. Took a look at the war and realized, because one of these days I'll go over it, exactly the logical way of telling what's going on and realizing the way the wind was blowing and because of this he decided to switch sides not because he wants to take over the world not because he wants to be an evil Sith Lord he wants to survive now what he did seems very evil but the, the reason why it seems evil is because we love the clones. He sees the clones as a bunch of droids and a bunch of tools that can be discarded. The dark side is starting to grab a hold of him. He's starting to feel pride. He's starting to feel um, anger. Uh, you know, uh, clones disrespect him. He'll get them killed. Um, you know, he'll revel in his power over other people. He's starting to feel the dark side, but I don't think he himself is embracing it yet. Then what's with the power, with, with, with the power struggle? What's with the... That's him, because he's gone away from the Jedi way of life, and he's now getting ready to defect and join a Sith Lord, he's no longer keeping a tight hold over his emotions. He is falling into the dark side, but he is not there yet. If he was already there... He would, he would have absolutely slaughtered every single 
um, clone. When oh, the clones he would have, he almost did. But the ways he did it were done through subterfuge. Were done, um, were not done outright. And at the very end, he would have just cut loose and started killing. I mean, let me ask you a question. The final battle, where they finally they have him surrounded and everything. If that was Dooku, what would have happened? Basically, what 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 did happen? He, he would have killed them all and escaped. But that's not what happened. Krell kills three or four of them and then runs away and then sticks around to fight guerrilla warfare style. Dooku would have slaughtered every single person in that room and then run and not looked back. No more fighting, escaped to survive. Ventress would have killed and killed and never run. Um, Darth Maul would have killed and killed and never run. City, um, Darth Sidious would have just raised his hands and everyone would have choked to death. Darth Vader would have killed and killed and never looked back. Grievous? Grievous is not a Sith Lord. Grievous is not Dark Side. Grievous is not a Jedi. Grievous is a general who, due to the his um, advancements, is able to wield a lightsaber. But Grievous is not a Jedi. Okay. Um, and Grievous would have fought and fought and then run away and never looked back. Exactly. But, I don't know. And I hear what, what you're saying, but if he wasn't there, he was getting there. Oh, no. I, like because I said, he was on his way to the dark side. He may have even been conscious of it. He knows where he's going. He knows who he's about to side with. He's accepted it and is willing to move on. But he wasn't there yet. There was no force lightning. There was no force choking. You know, he looked like a normal Jedi in the way he fought. He, while he was evil to the clones, he didn't stab Obi-Wan in the back. I think he did. His whole operation was stabbing Obi-Wan in the back. Obi-Wan was expecting backup. No, Obi-Wan was never expecting backup. Obi-Wan was expecting him to succeed, which wasn't going to happen. However, Krell could have walked right up to Obi-Wan and stabbed him in the back, and then run. Done it, done it in private, and then left and disappeared. And if he had done that with Anakin gone, mission over. I'm sorry. He would have been, or he kills him, assumes complete command, and then he's got command of every troop. You know? Mm. He gets the order that Palpatine needs to see Anakin. So he assuming, kills Obi-Wan. Assuming that that order was given. Whatever. He kills Obi-Wan. Makes it with a blaster. So that, you know, it looks like it was a separatist spy. Puts the base on lockdown. Says, I've got to go talk to Anakin. Goes to Anakin. Gives him the orders from Palpatine. Then he's in complete command of the entire army. He says, I will be directing you from base alpha, wherever he sets that up, sends them all in to kill each other, and he's done. But he doesn't do that. He's a, de he's a brilliant tactician. We've seen that he has an amazing track record, a brilliant mind. He has the most victories of any other general. Yeah, he uses, loses a lot of clones. That's because he sees them as weapons. He sees them as bullets to be fired. But he is, has a brilliant mind. What we're seeing here now is a conscious, tactical decision on how to lose while how to lose and how to defect. It's a brilliant plan. 
The man is genius, so why doesn't he do what I just said? Why doesn't he kill the, the Jedi, which are much more valuable? He himself doesn't value the clones at all. Why is he doing it this way? Because he's not a dark Jedi yet, a dark, uh, uh, on the dark side yet. He is a Jedi. He values the Jedi. These were his friends, and he's not willing to kill them. These clones are just clones, and he's got no problem discarding them. Now that I've talked for about 15 minutes, I will take a nice little break and let my good friend Sam discuss this, and then we can go into our final thoughts. Well, Hung Crow. You know, I actually was kind of disappointed. Dexter, Jeff Jester, Search of Will about the animation. But he was an awesome guy. He was, you know, the one who, who had no problem uh, fighting against the, the the Jedi, you know, in the good sense, saying, "Oh, oh, you, you know, you you stupid uh, the droids you researches you Jedi have, and you don't, you know, I can tell you what this is. Just, you know, you can you think of me saying, you know, nice humanoid, uh, you know, intelligence. That's all you need, you know, and you want, you really wanted Pankrell to be." No, to be, you know, oh yeah, this guy's awesome, he's gonna go and lead him to victory, and then they're gonna come in, and, you know, um, Anakin's gonna come back and say, so boys, how was it? And they look at each other and say, well, you're okay, you, you, you know, but, and that's not what we got, you know, but he, <sighs> Pankrell, <sighs> from the beginning, I think, I think you're right in that that he was definitely a brilliant tactician. He made his plans that they seemed reckless, but not malicious. Calling it a full frontal assault does make sense. Like, it could work. And that makes the rest of what he has to say work. And troops like Dogma, you gotta think there are more than, than, than just dog, Dogma there. Because, you know, we don't see all the unnamed troops. There were definitely, I mean... Hey, I mean, if you weren't talking, because you know most of you were talking one on one one with Krell, so most of them you'd probably say, yeah, he's he's given the orders, you know, do what he says, and if you die in line of duty, then so, you know, you can imagine these these conversations going going on, and I mean they did go on, you see, you know, with five fives and Jesse and hard card case, and so he made this, these plans, which it just made him seem more stupid than anything else, more like you couldn't understand it. But he had, like you said, he had that track record. He had that that thing where, where where he could say, you know, I've won my share of campaigns. I've I've done, you know, what I do works, and you know, say say what what you will, but we're serving a great greater cause, and yada 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 yada. So maybe it wasn't quite quite what what I wanted, but you know, I I see what you're saying. I'd have to think about it to really see. Maybe, maybe he thought he couldn't take the Jedi on directly. Maybe also, you know, it'd be a lot harder to explain. It's a lot easier, as you were saying, as we were watching. It's a lot easier to say, "Oh, oh, the clones went rogue, and I was forced to def defend myself." It's a lot easier to say that. Say that Obi Wan and Anakin went rogue, you know, or Obi Wan went 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 rogue. It'd be a lot harder to stand. So, I think that 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 might be be, be more why. I think he was, he was definitely, I think he, I would say more, he saw the dark side was going to win and he started going out of his mind. 
He seemed insane. And then he was saying, oh, you, you, you feel the powers. You feel the powers. Yeah, I would agree with you. Again, that's not going to the dark side. It's going, it's becoming, it's definitely anger. Ang anger leads to, he definitely had the hate. He had the hate. He hated the clones. So much that he was willing to let them go and die. Now, were, were they, were they, were they a tool to him? Yes, but even a tool. You know, you don't, you don't expend a tool for, for, for no reason. The thing is like this. I think he saw them as tools up until the end of the first episode. Then Rex shows up and that compliment he gives isn't meant as a compliment. He's giving it to him because he's saying, listen, you right now are going a, away from the status of tool and are trying to become my equal. And I don't see you as an equal. I see you as a thing. And I don't want you to be an equal, and therefore I'm going to smash you into the ground. Here, historical thing again. If you look at uh, pre-Civil War, the way that the white people treated their black slaves, of course they treated them as slaves, of course they whipped them, they did terrible, ter terrible things. However, for the most part, they treated them well, because these were their property, and you, <clears throat> and you didn't want to damage it. However, after the Civil War, they started lynching. They started killing them in terrible ways, beating them, hurting them, doing horrendous things because now these blacks, the blacks wanted to be seen as equals. And the white people around them, both in the North and the South, said, listen, we don't want you as slaves, but we don't want you as our equals because that makes us now, we see you as less than us, which means if you're equal to us, then we're less than we were. And therefore, we want to be above you. So both in the North and the South, they did terrible things to the blacks to make sure the blacks stayed in their place. Same thing here. He was more than happy just to send them out to die. Once Rex started to stand up for them, for himself, and started to show that the clones were real, Krell said, I ain't having anything to do with this, and started squashing them flat. And it returned from, I've got to kill these things, to an actual hatred of the, of the clones. Well, um, do you want to call that that our final thoughts, or do you have anything else? Anything we pretty just much what? What did you think of the arc overall? Just sum it up. That was about Krell. And we've talked about pretty much everybody, and again, we flew through this. I know it's two hours. It's four episodes and our introduction. You know, yeah, we we'll be a little more um, in depth in depth on later uh, reviews, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and um, see what happens. But for, for this arc, I really, really liked liked it. I really, and this was this was the first time in Clone Wars that I felt that you know. And again, I'm talking as you know, I I enjoy Clone Wars, and I I I, I, I watch the Clone Wars, and yes, yeah, some of them are better than others. But overall, you know, I mean, I I feel you know, you know, George 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 Lucas created Star Wars, and so whatever he says says goes. And, you know, I, I, you know, but this was it. This was, if there was going to be like a Clone Wars 2, this would have been it. This had the action, this had the, the character of development, this had an adversary that was, you know, this had, you know, a phantom men menace, you know, something going on that you weren't quite sure this had, you know... And the fact that this didn't have Anakin, it barely had Obi-Wan, and had no, not even a mention of, of, of Ahsoka, I think just made it that much better. 
I think just made, made it that yes, this is this is the Clone Wars. These are wars that have to do with clones, and we're gonna see things happening. And I I, I hope they go more into these clones that, that we've met and into, into their development. And you know they're not going to, but... I don't know. You th you'd think that, 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 you'd think that about the Domino Squad, but they've brought them back. No, no, they'll bring them back, but we're going to have to wait about, I don't know, seven, eight episodes until that happens. Well, obviously now, yeah, I believe, um, you see, you know, the next episode, the, uh, the kidnapping, you, you see Ahsoka's back. Oh, wonderful. Yay, I can't wait for some fun hijinks to ensue. No, before, but we'll discuss that next week. Look, overall about this story arc, all I can say is this. It's the exception that proves the rule. This is a good story. This was a good arc. Good episodes. The They were told well, both visually and story-wise. Um, the characters were great, mostly because... They were blank canvases for you to write on. The The only time we've ever met most of these clones, or General Krell, was in the Clone Wars. Therefore, I don't have to worry about what they're supposed to become at the end of Episode 3. I can just do whatever I want with them. So once you have free reign, once it's not Ahsoka who's so important for every episode and has to be kid-friendly because we're trying to sell action figures, or Anakin, or Obi-Wan, we're able to have to tell a great story and develop these characters. And that's what this story was, a massive character piece, character study. It's a great story. The problem is the majority of Clone Wars isn't like this. <clears throat> the majority of Clone Wars is, let's see how wacky Ahsoka can be. Let's look at the stupid stuff Jar Jar did. Oh, look, it's Padme and Anakin, and they love each other and are married but can't show it. Oh, Anakin is awesome, and Anakin is awesome. And Anakin is awesome, because we get a lot of Anakin is awesome, and Obi-Wan is wise, and all of that. You know, so, this was a great story arc, and I'm glad this was the first one we did, because I was able to be positive and upright. And yes, it was good, but it's by far the exception, and I wish we saw more of this, then I might actually, you know enjoy sitting down to watch Clone Wars instead of going, alright, this is going to be horrible, but maybe I'll get a uh, story like this. Well, there you have it. Our first installment of Two Geeks in a Sarlacc Pit. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, shame on you! And remember, from here in the Sarlacc Pit, hand shot first.